Blog Talk Radio. Queenie Todd, how you doing? 
Ow. <laughs> Got a howl <laughs> movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Witch howl. <laughs> so are you ready for this? You've been like, I've told you about this a few weeks ago, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, so, yeah. well, but you, you know. seem okay. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I got it. Um, I'm holding it together. <laughs> uh, well, I know you're going to do just fine. You're a very good interviewer. It just, you know, you've been you've been working to this for a long time, so we know you can handle it, my dear. Let me introduce the rest of the sexy witches tool, and then I'll get we'll get right into talking about our well the last uh, we it's been a month since we've talked, so it's we got a lot to catch up on. So my other sexy witch co-host resides in Clifton Ford, Virginia, a regular on the East Coast Horror Con circuit, and my partner in crime, often in the Horror Con circuit as well. Uh, she's like self-professed super fan of Marvel Universe. Uh, so Deadpool, we're going to have to have a conversation about Deadpool, ladies um, <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, you can find her on the web and see her as a featured zombie in the Plan 9 from Outer Space remake. Please welcome to the show the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. Looking forward to Thanksgiving meals. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's uh, I have to cook the turkey, so I'm working on it right now. And I've already <laughs> made the cranberry orange relish. It's delicious this year. It's probably the best I've ever made. And I'm not saying that like I'm I'm not I'm not exaggerating. It really is amazing. Not bragging. I can't believe how good it came out. <laughs> so anyway, so. We'll be right back with you because I want you to talk a little bit about your adventures in Walker Stalker Atlanta in a few minutes. But let me bring on our guest host first. Uh, my guest host tonight is a published author and the creator of the Curtain Jerkers and the Necrocasticon podcast on Project Entertainment Network. Look for him around the Syracuse area, moderating karaoke night, trivia, or hanging out at the local horror convention or film festival. Please welcome back to the show one of my favorite people in the world, Token Tommy Clark. How are you doing, sir? I'm hanging in there. I'm just enamored with Aaron's voice. Aw, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. I, I got to talk to Jen and Sylvia back in 2013 at New York Comic Con, um, and wow, um, they—they're they, rad. I'm just gonna leave it at that. They're rad. Okay. They're rad. Uh, they're rad. They are rad. As a matter of fact, uh, it's kind of amazing how small of a circle that we actually are our, our, our inner circle of, of, of geeks on this show, including our correspondents, almost everybody has spoken to Soskas or had them on their show at least once, I, I, including Nathan, son of Celluloid, JK, of course, of the Horror Happens Radio, Tommy Clark here. Uh, you know, I could go on. Oh, Michelle Nesk is doing a PSA blood drive with the Soska sisters. Uh, you know, so it's kind of, I guess, a rite of passage for the horror podcaster to have the Soskas on the show. So they were my well, first really interview, about this. They were my first celebrity interview. They were my first non-wrestling celebrity interview. Non-wrestling. We had to clarify that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they're te- technically it was because of wrestling. Because they were, you know, with WWE Studios. Yeah, they're really movie. big fans. Dino Evil too. They, they are, uh, they are. Um, this is stuff we don't have to talk about during this interview, which is awesome because there's a lot to talk about. One of the things that they are cool, that's really cool about them, is they are the only directors to be re-signed by the WWE film company, and they were the only women signed. 
So um, that's pretty awesome. I mean, they, they like their, you know, they got to work with wrestlers and make horror. I mean, geez, this <laughs> is badass. So um, they, they are, they have a lot of pioneering. Uh, they are pioneers in their fields, and a lot of us really look up to them for that. Uh, I just want Painkiller Jane. I want their Painkiller Jane to come out. And that was the first question on the Monster Mania panel when we went to see them in Maryland. Someone yelled out, Painkiller uh, pain Jane. Very first question. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, so, um, you know, they're always very friendly in their panels, and they're just, it's just a great time. And we'll talk more about that stuff when we get down the road, because we got a little, little house cleaning to do, as some of my other podcasting friends would say. Uh, first of all, I was on the film shoot for the SP2 Beats of Rage at the beginning of November. I'm I mentioned it before. Um, it was two days. It was cold and long shoots, as most independent shoot film budgets are. Uh, it, I have n- no idea if this movie is going to be good. I know it's going to look amazing. Like, first of all, you have Sarah Trost doing all the costumes, and the costumes are just crazy out there and very, like, Mad Max meets uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust. You know, it's, it's, it's the only way I can explain it. And and um, and uh, also, um, you know, uh, when I the the head DP walks out, okay, this DP walks out, and I go, I recognize him, and I go, you've been in front of the camera. He goes, never. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, I know I saw you before. So I kept racking my brain. Who is that guy? And then finally I started realizing who it was. And he was talking about his career. And it was B.J. McDonald. And you might not know his name, but you know his work. He directed Hatchet 3. Oh, hey. So, yeah. And I was like, that's where I seen him. He's on Hatchet 3. You know? (laughs) And it turns out he's also one of Brandon Trost, who's the, you know, hot shit direct uh, DP out there right now. It's his, his head cameraman. He's worked on Age of Ultron. He, you know, his career is incredible. Look at this guy. He actually turned down the Bumblebee movie to do Beats of Rage. So, uh, you know, wow. So, you know, he, he could have done, like, you know how much money Michael Bay movies are? I mean, he could have been making Michael Bay money. Instead, he came and did the FP2 with us. So um, the shoot was two days for the extras. I had two characters. One was a, a booze mine slave worker. Booze mines. I can't get anything more into it, but that's what they were calling them, crystallized booze mines. And this is not a spoiler. We won't go into this. I can't even tell you what the movie's about because we just saw some parts of it. And then I had a, a, a wasteland beat beat character. I did, Tommy, get to die. Yay. So you very nice. Your show, I have to, I have to die. Yeah. So I don't know if I will make the cut or not, but I did get to die. So um, we'll look for me to die. And I had a little, I had a little communist beret, and I looked very like <laughs> a gem, communist gem from the eighties. So that's the only way I can explain it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I unfortunately Tommy can't Jen. post many photos. Go ahead. Kami gem. Kami Jim, yeah, <laughs> communist Jim. <laughs> I needed the star earrings. That would have been the only thing. That would yeah. have sold it was the star earrings. I didn't earrings. have the star earrings. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the earrings. 
but I had little suspenders and, you know, fishnet gloves, and they were bright colors, and everything was bright colors <laughs> back against dark colors. I mean, it, 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 it's, I, I have no, like I said, I can't wait to see what the finished product is, to meet Sarah Trost in person, to meet Jason Trost in person, uh, people I've been looking up to for a very long time, and it's just amazing to, like, how, and wonderful how the world works that I got to meet these folks and and work on that film and a film I absolutely oh, yeah. the first movie I I love I love the first movie I love their it's so trashy and beautiful and the design is awesome and you know you know it was it's just I so great I'm, I hmm? I should get a review copy so that I can review it on my show <laughs> I should review it we'll see. <laughs> you never want review well, copies Queenie I saw a review copy of White Doomsday. And my life yeah. is ruined now. Okay. Oh, I know Michael Bardo's film. Yeah, I mean, oh, you're not really done in, dude. <laughs> Did I not tell you that it's a cross between Grave of the Fireflies and The Road, Tommy Clark? Yes, you did. I'm right, aren't I? No, it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> Make a Serbian film look like a feel-good movie. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to review this on Decker Cast account this week. Walter saw it, too. Well, uh, and it, and we're, we, it's so hard to review this movie without spoiling it, other than saying how horrible it will make you feel after watching it. It's very, very, very sad. And we're laughing now because we know we're going to cry later. It's so, shallow uh, humor. <laughs> yes. It's shallow it, it, humor. I'm, he won... Um, um, they played it. They premiered it in the Nightmares Film Festival in Ohio over the ho- Halloween uh, weekend or something, or the week before, and it, it actually won Best Actress. Uh, so oh, nice. congratulations, Mark Lombardo and uh, I'm Jamie of a White Doomsday for doing so well. So lots of great stuff. So uh, now, Queenie, we're going to talk. You're going to yes. have a lot of talking ahead of you. So let's go ahead and get your stuff out of the way now, so you can chill until your your big moment comes up um you got to go see depeche mode and vlog up about it god damn it good sound good sound i was really thank you we're so so jealous that guy i always think my phone's awful no they're not awful but tell me tell me about being at depeche mode and how that was oh my god well, I have been, I guess, darkly inclined, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, since I was in my teens because I was full of angst. <laughs> so I just wanted to express that angst. And Depeche Mode was one of my favorite bands back then, you know? And I was a teenager in the 90s, so I was a 90s goth. But, like, they were one of my pinnacle bands, you know? If I ever got the chance to see them live, I was going to do it. And I fucking did. <laughs> yeah, that's my number one bucket list item. They were amazing. I mean, yeah, they're fucking up in age now, right? They're old men, but it was well. Just, the was last so time they toured, the last time they toured five years ago, they had to pause because David Gahan needed uh, to take care of his bladder cancer. Yeah, but yeah, damn. So. I mean, he went through two months of that shit and just got right back on the road. Yeah, He's like the they're best amazing. Best man in the history of music. Fuck yeah! He really is amazing. He puts on an amazing show, too. He'll, like, walk up and down. There's, like, these ramps 
along the side and he'll like walk up and down, touch people's hands, you know, spin around. He was glorious. Oh <laughs> it was so beautiful and shining. He she oh, said man. He was shiny. I didn't play all of my favorite songs, but I got a couple in there. I was happy. Yeah, Did they do blasphemous rumors? Pardon? Did they do blasphemous rumors? Yes. The saddest yes, song they ever? did. Yes, thank oh, God. I, I love, love that, that song. It's so sexy. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of their songs are like sad and sexy, you know? <laughs> oh, to, man. to me, Depeche, Depeche Mode has been my favorite band since I was like 15 years old. And to me, oh, yeah. it's like pure sex put to music. There's a couple mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. saddish ones in there, but mostly it's just about fucking. <laughs> oh yeah, and BDSM, dude. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, bathroom servants. I love that one. They didn't do that one though. Mm-hmm. It was sad. <laughs> but I got other ones, and they did a tribute to Bowie. And I swear to God, guys, I almost <gasps> ruined my makeup. Oh. <laughs> was so oh. this is the closest I'm ever gonna get to David Bowie. You know that, right? That song is the closest I'm ever gonna see him live, and that breaks my heart. <sighs> I sad. I got to see Bowie. I got to see Bowie. You did? I got to see, oh. yes. I, I saw the Nine Inch Nails Bowie tour when, broke, when yeah, uh, Nine did. Inch Nails went on oh tour with the Downward Spiral. Um, I wanted was, to see that one. It, it was amazing. Uh, Nine Inch Nails opened. Uh, of course, fantastic set, lights, everything. Into the set, Bowie walks in. They do four songs, including Beautiful Liar and Hurt. Hurt, oh my God! You know, David Bowie singing Hurt, just just you, just right yep. there. You know, it, it's like, oh my God! And then, then the Nine Snails cleared out, and and then Bowie took over and did his record. It, brilliant. That's fucking brilliant awesome. Oh my yeah. God! You can find some of it on the web still. Uh, the 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 um uh, the segment of them singing together is on YouTube. Yeah. You can find it. So uh, I'll you see if I really remember to stuff. post it. Okay. So. I would love oh, to see that. Yeah. I'll One of the things I really loved about, like, the Depeche Mode concert was, like, they had this awesome back, like, screen thing so they could show you clips from them dancing on the stage if you were, like, from far away. You got to really see good looks. And they also had, like, some cool images and artsy shit going on, you know, because it's Depeche Mode. <laughs> and it actually made the show better because I was a little bit far. And without my phone, so I could, like, zoom in, right, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten to see much anyway. So it was really nice that they did that little touch. That's cool. Uh, so uh, so definitely, I'm so glad you got to do that because I know you were having a really rough week. Uh, my condolences yeah. for your, your snake. I'm very sorry yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get to I talk about that because it snake. happened afterwards. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. I, you know, it's and I really know that really hurt. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I mean, everyone loves their pets, right, no matter what they are. Like, you know, I took these snakes in because they weren't being cared for properly. That's why they got sick. I mean, you can't leave snakes in dirty tanks, guys. Please don't do that. Not for too long. Like, they will get diseases that will kill them. And these poor snakes were already sick when I got them because he neglected them for a long time. So they didn't trust humans. So I had to deal with that (laughs) on top of them being sick. I guess I was in denial. I thought I could, like, make them just feel better, give them comfy lives. Because even if I took them to the vet, they would get shots all the time. Like, their lives would be full of pain. And I was just like, like, I'll just make them comfy, (laughs) you know? Like, but I got attached to them, and I shouldn't have. But, yeah, 
<laughs> Sad. Uh, if if it'll make you feel better, the crab I rescued is doing okay. Yay! Remember, you rescued a crab? Yeah, Did you name the it? crab from Charleston. His name is Charlie, or its name is Charlie. <laughs> it's probably a girl. Lovely. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The hermit crab. Yeah, so um, we saved a hermit crab from certain death, and I... I've now had him two months, and he's still doing things. So, we'll knock on wood. Hopefully, his quality of life Brilliant. is good. So uh, that's what I'm trying. So you know, sorry about your snakes, but we keep trying to you know make their yep. quality of life better, and that's what's important. So exactly. you know, and I still have Jeffrey. You know, uh, I still have my little one. Yeah, and and my dog uh, Sebastian just had his ninth birthday, and we just rescued him now three years ago, and he's like the best decision I've made, other than maybe having Lily. <laughs> it's just so awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, maybe a- having Lily. <laughs> we- <laughs> well, um, there's a caller on the line. Let's. It's in the 908 Ooh. area code. Let's see who it is. Um, hello, you're on with the sexy witches. Hello, Liz. Hello. Hello. Oh, Hello. John Hazel. Yes, it is. Give us. Okay, this is my old roommate, and he's an ex Madness contestant, John Hazel. How you doing, sir? Doing well. Doing well. I just was able to uh, get uh, online with you folks. Uh, of course, you know I have two pet snakes myself. What snakes were rescued? What kind? I had uh, pythons, two ball pythons. One was a cinnamon and one was a pastel. They were Liberace and Marco. (laughs) Uh. Um, They were still babies when I got them. Not like really young, but they were like maybe a couple years old. So it's really sad. Okay. Okay, because I'm used to being around reptiles. so uh, So I came in on that conversation late, and I was just curious, that's all. No problem. Yeah, he, I also he, have a corn snake. Him and his brother are both her, um, both are really into herpetology, and I think your brother used to raise right. snakes, right? Still John? does. Still does. Yeah. Cool. That's right. So, so cool. like snakes are cool. Um, yep. So John Hazel, I'm glad you called because let's bring this conversation into the madness real quick and do a quick recap because the madness finally ended, much to all of us. Oh, my God. I was so sick of madness by the time I posted the final results. I was eight days late getting the final results in, which is, like, ridiculously late. I had gotten sick. I'm still sick, guys. I'm still friggin' sick. Um, And and also, uh, I had the film shoot, which delayed me, even though that's a good reason to be delayed. That's why I got sick. (laughs) Because <laughs> I was already sick when I landed and did the film shoot, and being out in the cold, it got into my chest, and, and I have this rasp that won't go away now. But the good news is, though, that uh, we had uh, what was it? We had uh, a few do not finishers, but we actually had our uh, like 40 people like finish the madness or something like that this year, which is like our highest That's number um, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Raven, Raven Jasper Hot. Um, Hawk of Team Jigsaw. Her team won the team second year in a row. Her team has won. Yeah, I mean, even though some of the people in other teams were huge scorers, her team was consistent like Russia. You know, they just like swapping those two and three-digit scores all the way across, and they just 
rocked it and, and won. So congratulations to the team. That means she'll get first looksies at next year's rules as well as help get an advantage going into the next um, uh, madness. Not that she'll need it. Uh, our winner, as Queenie knows and Erin Marie knows and John Hazel knows, was a newbie. First year madness person. Ran with the ball. His name was J.T. Smith. Uh, he was on Team Good Guy, uh, which was Nipa Rom's team, who's a Madness veteran, of course. Uh, and so congratulations to uh, J.T. Smith for winning the Madness. He'll get a poster, just like all the judges get a poster. I also want to congratulate Sean Burkay, uh for playing all 10 years. And because of that, I am also going to give him a poster because that's pretty incredible. He's hounded me for years about doing women in horror. And I tried to write a Women in Horrors rules, and I'm actually having a hard time doing it, believe it or not. Um, so I don't know if I can do, you do a Women help? in Horrors. Well, you do know, you maybe, well, maybe Raven. Well, I actually had a different, like, theme in mind for next year, something that's a little bit more specialized. Because this year was kind of like mm-hmm. there was lots of ways you could get – points let this year you could watch oh, yeah. nothing but new stuff and get a lot of points you could watch nothing but video nasties and italian horror and get points uh you know it uh, had a lot of ways where you could get, you know maximize you could just watch the Giorgio romero films and get points right so uh we had a lot of ways you could get points this year next year i think i want to bring the theme in a little bit tighter a little bit more focused um because it'll be starting of a new era of madness so we'll talk about that. A women's horror would be much broader in scope. I don't you know. know. What I'm I don't know about that. I I don't think it would be that broad because there's not that many women horror directors. You know. No. I mean, you can point no, it out isn't. to things like actors. Well, but there's also you know, but you also have actresses and you have final girls yep. and you have all sorts of Screen like tropes. Yeah. Lots yep. of screen queens, lots of tropes. I mean. Obviously, our, our wild card list would include Linnea Quigley. I mean, you know, probably as pop up. If a you what? want to do a tighter theme, like if you want to do a tighter theme, maybe just Scream Queen. That would be fun. That's what I was. That'd thinking. be really tight, though. Yeah. High five, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about. It. There's a long ways. I'm not going to think about theming until. May. May of next year is usually when I announce next year's theme. So I start working on my themes, tinkering them in February. I want to take a little I'm bit of a break from the madness since it took so long. So, But anyway, uh, so uh, we got four more minutes till I call in. So let me bring uh, Tommy Clark back into this real quick. Tommy, there. I'm waiting here patiently listening to you guys. Okay, I wanted you to talk so briefly about John Carpenter in concert because you also went oh, to concert recently. Yeah, I went to I went to go see John Carpenter play uh, a couple of nights ago at the last date of his tour. Um, my God, I, I wasn't sure what to think when I went into this because I, I've seen Zombie open up for Ghost a couple times over the past year, and Wade since without familiarity to it, it's kind of boring to listen to in a, in a concert hall. Um, and I was concerned I was going to have the same problem when I went to the John Carpenter show, but I didn't. Um, they made it interesting, but when they played a theme to a movie, they, they put scenes from it up on the screen behind them. Um, and then they went and opened up with the theme from Escape from New York, which is next to Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica, my favorite movie theme of all time. 
so that immediately sucked me in and it sucked the crowd in. And every time they put up on the screen a picture of an actor who had passed away, the crowd popped for him. Um, just fantastic show. Opened up with Escape from New York. Played Halloween midway through. Um, and closed he, with You Christine. posted he played They Live, and that's one of my favorite scores by John Carpenter. Oh, hell. Hell yeah. They did everything off the anthology soundtrack album that just came out recently, except the theme to Dark Star. So this year, we've had John Carpenter go on tour, Fabio Frise go on tour, Goblin go on tour, and, you know, I, and, you know, it's just been the caliber of, of, oh, well, that's what I said, Fabio Frise, that was yep. that tour. And then, of course, yep, yep, yep. Zombie and Ghost have been on tour everywhere. I mean, it, it's been, if you wanted to watch nothing but goth, horror soundtrack show concerts, you would have been set for life this year. I mean, it, it was just incredible lineups this year. Uh, the Goblin Tour was supposed to be really good. Uh, so John Carpenter looked fabulous, and I'm so glad that he's, like, having this resurgence as a, as a touring with his own soundtracks. It's, like, so badass. Um, so, Tommy, what, did you, what was the one thing you took away from that concert? The simplicity of his music. In its simplicity, I guess if you keep it simple, stupid, it makes it better. Um, and that's the one thing that, you know, the difference between his wave synth soundtrack music and, say, like Zombie, for example, is that it's less intricate. It's very simple. And that makes you sit back and think and go, break it down, break things down to the most common denominator. Like the beginning of the Escape from New York theme. It's basically that that beat is left, right, left as you're marching. And then he just plays simple chords over it. Simplicity, that's what I took out of it, Liz. Well, that's and I guess awesome. that's a, a lesson now, to any, any creator. Keep it simple, stupid, and it'll, it'll appeal to more people. So great. We had a great talk. Aaron Marie will talk about Walker Stalker in an hour or two. We'll lead off with that because we got some business to take care of right now. Um, this is our best of 2017. So I have a small intro here and um, to talk about what we're in our next half hour. Um, I've been calling this for myself the year of the director because I keep bumping in and talking to some of the most amazing people that I've looked up to all my life at least in my career as a horror geek. Um, this year I met Darryl, um, Stephen Barrow and Richard Tanner on the independent end in Atlanta. Um, I met Daryl Lynn Bozeman in Atlanta um, and Adam Green in New Jersey, Chuck Russell in Philadelphia, Edgar Wright here in D.C., and then I mentioned B.J. McDonald and Jason Tross. But even more amazing than I is that in Maryland this year I met – well, let's just say our guest tonight. You may know these bad girls. They're from Amer- from American Mary and recently hosting on the sci-fi show Elevator. They are geek girls to the extreme when it comes to wrestling, comics, and body horror. And they're one of the reasons why Sexy Witches exists as a podcast. They are the example of hard work. They are an example of having positive but pragmatic attitude. And they're the nicest people I've ever met on the con circuit. Yep. Believe me, I've been meeting a lot of amazing people. Never give up on your stupid fucking dreams, because here we are. Please welcome to the show the Twisted Twins themselves, 
Jen, and Sylvia Soska. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Oh, my God. That was one hell of an intro. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much for having us. I'm already tearing up. I'm like, wow, ladies. Thank yeah, you. I'm a little beclimped. I'm a little beclimped. Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been beclemped all friggin' day. I'm at work pushing carts at my job, going so good, so good. Everyone's like, "Why are you so happy?" I'm like, "Well, the Soskas are on my show. Who are the Soskas? Because you know, these are a bunch of history geeks. They don't get into the stuff. They think I'm weird, but I don't care. I was happy anyway. So welcome to the show. Let me give you a quick introduction of who's on the panel, and then Queenie, who you've actually met. You met her, I believe, Queenie, Crypticon Seattle. Is that correct? Yep. That yep. is like correct. That is yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah. They remember. Hey, Queenie. Hi. <laughs> so I'm going to actually let her lead off the interview. Oh, I can barely hear you guys. Is there a way you can turn up? Can you hear us better now? Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Thank you. Lovely. There you Thank are. You. No problem. Good, good, good. There you are. So, for, first of all, let me introduce you to the panel. Once again, Queenie Todd from Seattle, and you've met her before. Uh, my other co-host is in Virginia. It's Erin Marie. She's my sexy porn witch. She's, you know, she, her stuff, you can obviously get an idea. She's really into television. My guest host tonight... You've met in, in um, you've met before. His name is Tommy Clark. He's met you a couple of times, and you've been on his show as well. Uh, and um, we also have and, and on the line is, is a caller, uh, Don Hazel, who you actually was my best friend who came with me on Monster Mania. And let's just say, funny story. He had no idea who you are, and now he's like super fan. He you've converted him. He loves you to death. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, he is not a horror geek at all. So that you turn him into a super fan is is a big deal. So welcome, and we're so excited to have you. So that's the panel that's on right now. This is a live call-in show. So if you're listening to the show, folks, those guys are very good. Give them a little cue. They'll give them a lot of a back, uh, as Kevin would say. Um, so our phone number is six four six seven one six. 9172. Once again, our guest call-in is 646-716-9172. The Sexy Witches are looking forward to your call. All right, Queenie Todd, take the lead. All righty then. Um, ladies, <laughs> we are here hey, in the coven. <laughs> oh, um, I'm honored to be in the coven. Of course. You guys were already in the coven. <laughs> you just didn't know it. The Sexy Twin Witches. You guys have such a major impact on your fans. Do you even know that? Like, <laughs> you know, I really hope so because I'm I'm not. Oh, I, the convention scene is the most amazing thing in the world because I get to see all my my friends. I I don't really think of it as fans because I consider myself a fan. I can I don't think that I would be doing what I was doing if I you know didn't love movies and all that. I. I put that positivity on the on Facebook and social media. So when I can actually meet someone and they say, Hey, I saw that post and that meant something to me, or Hey, the message in American Mary, I'm a survivor that, that changed my life. That's, that's the most important thing in our lives that we can have that kind of effect on people. So thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. No. This is Sylvia. <laughs> no and the, the people who support us have a 
huge impact on our lives. Like we're like the CM Punk, I feel, of like filmmaking. Nobody oh, wanted yeah. us, but people kept supporting us, and I guess we're still here. Like even when we got Elevator, they had never even seen any of our movies by the time they hired us. They're like, oh, what's this? And then they watched it. And they're like, oh, we can't reference that. <laughs> It's a little too hardcore. I, I, I just started watching Elevator with my eight-year-old daughter. Um, you know, no, I don't watch a lot of horror, but it was television, and she likes the game show aspect of it. And she totally, totally wants to be on your show as a scare actor. She loves scare acting. And so she's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. It's a scare acting TV show. So, so you've also made a fan of my eight-year-old daughter. Say hello. Hi. All right. See you later, baby. Good night. <laughs> yeah, no. You she, can be our minion totally. anytime. Mm-hmm. Oh, she she's really um. We we were talking about our favorite one of your traps that you did was the one where you put the girl's head in the um box and then she had to like, <laughs> work a maze to get out. That was cool. That was a good. One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a good. One. I digress. Surprised what we got away with. <laughs> you seem to be enjoying yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it doesn't feel like a job. Like the first season, we had the same team from Fear Factor, which was like our favorite show growing up. So we were just dying of happiness. We kept asking when people are going to start eating bugs, and they're like, "Oh, GSN's fighting us on it." But if I can, it's going to happen. Honestly, I can't believe they didn't just hire Elvira and Bruce Campbell. That's that's who I was waiting to show up one day and see Elvira <laughs> like clear her throat and say, "Ladies, get the f out of here." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, take it back, Queenie. I didn't mean to usurp you, but I had to mention the elevator. You were fine. Elevator is amazing. And I love that show, too. I think that I would never be allowed on because I would finish all the puzzles and everything like nothing. Oh, yeah, that's your name. Don't say that because as soon as you're put into that situation, you freeze, man. You freak out. They will never do my phobia on that show, okay? Because my phobia is, is weird. What is it? I have a thing about pregnancy, like the act of pregnancy, being pregnant, all of that. It's it's scary. Oh, we can do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so an alien. It's a bunch of pregnant yeah, ladies. So an HR episode just for you. It would have to be in the vein of the void. <laughs> it would be cool if we put like a fake pregnant stomach on you with a timer and you knew it was going to pop out at some time. Oh, that would be Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Put like electrodes on the abdomen to make it like cramp up. Oh no, no! (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna scream. (laughs) That's the point! No! (laughs) My weakness. Yeah, never tell people that what you're scared of. It gives them power over you, man. <laughs> so, well, it's a sausage oh, sister, so I know they'll do it right. <laughs> oh, yes, they would. <laughs> yeah, so, you'll make me all scared. Right. <laughs> Before we ask our next question, Queenie, I have to ask yes. those guys, are you ready to take a caller? Oh, yes, absolutely. Do- oh, the all right, we're gonna the spontaneous caller. Bring it on. I love it. It feels like Saturday <laughs> Night Live. Does. This is live radio, <laughs> man. I mean, uh, oh my God! Now my, I got like two callers. We're gonna take one for right now, and then and uh, the other one holds for a few. All right, let's see. 
Hopefully. Polar fingers crossed. Five seven area code. You're on with the sexy witches. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sylvia. Hi. Who is this? Hi. Um, this is Kayla. Oh, hey, Kayla. Hi, Kayla. How are you doing? Uh, Hi, how Kayla, are you? Hello. We are great. How are yeah, you, but- strong ass bee? <laughs> I'm doing okay. My blood sugar's a little fucked up right now, but I wanted to call. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have a- What's your question for the ladies? Um, it's a little lame. Is that okay? No, I love <laughs> lame questions. They're my favorite. <laughs> okay, so if um, Sylvia likes Deadpool and Jen likes Wonder Woman, if you two were superheroes, what would your superpowers be? Oh, wow. Okay, so this is Sylvia. Mine would be Jesus powers. I really like the walking on water and healing people and, you know. Water into wine. Food into more food. I think it would be awesome. So that's so not fair. She always says Jesus powers, and that's basically everything except well, evil. You can't do evil. I wouldn't want to do evil. Uh, I wouldn't want to. Uh, I'm kind of on the flip side. I think I might have been an angsty witch that was burned that's deeply resentful. Ha! I would like uh, pyrokinesis. I would love oh, to yeah. be talking to someone, have them irritate me, and then they start getting warmer and warmer and warmer until maybe, like, their arm bursts out in flames. That sounds really scannersy. I feel like that's a Dick Smith effect. <laughs> in my dreams, it would be. That's awesome. Uh, but if you could create that head explosion. Oh, shotgun blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, God uh, bless Mr. Cronenberg. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, great, uh, Kayla. Thank okay. you for your call. I appreciate it. So have a good afternoon. The head explosion on the head explosion on Mindhunter is just as good as the one from Cronenberg. This is true. Blasphemy. Yeah, Mindhunter on Netflix. Watch it, ladies. You'll be impressed. It's really good. Really? Do you know how they did it? Was it, I guess, you know, legal reasons? You can't actually bring a shotgun and just be like, well, let's just shoot it nowadays. So oh, there are movies that have done live fire, but I know that a lot of them didn't have permits, like uh, Larry Larry Cohen shot actual rounds in Cue the Winged Serpent off the Chrysler building. He actually did that. Wow. Or the head so, explosion you know. in Maniac was done in like two minutes and they had to run. <laughs> um, the movie Peter Jackson's um, what was it Meet the Feebles they actually use live uh, fire rounds to destroy their uh, puppets at the end of the movie so there's a giant uh, hippo with a shot with a, with, a, with a machine gun and it's a real machine gun so because you know oh, that's awesome. yeah, so they, I love so it's like possible that. yeah me too I love that kind of stuff so Queenie you have something else to ask mm-hmm. my dear I, I may have a few questions, maybe. Just a couple. Just a few. Just a couple. <laughs> well, you guys mentioned Cronenberg there. Um, let's talk rabid for a little bit, because I know there's lots of fans chewing at the bit about that. I might be one of them, you know. Me too. What do you hope people will get out of this movie, other than being a love letter to Cronenberg? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Well, obviously, Jennifer and I hate remakes. We I've always hated them, like, passionately. But... uh 
to get an opportunity to remake a Cronenberg film, especially 10 years into her career, just like 10 years into his career, he got to remake The Fly. I feel like it's like this really weird kind of Canadian blessing. Um, Hell yeah. I think one of the things that are different is uh, he's more uh, scientific. Jennifer and I are religious. We're, he's a dude. We're chicks. Obviously, it's going to be from a different perspective, because especially in the first one, almost everything's from Hart's perspective. And Rose doesn't even have a last name. You really don't know what she does for a living. So there's very limited uh, w- uh, world for what you learn about Rose. Whereas uh, in this one, it kind of encompasses everything like that. But it also goes into a lot of the transhumanism uh, in exploration that uh, David did, especially in his early work with body, uh, body horror. I think a lot of people who also were big fans of American Mary are really going to enjoy it because a lot of the thoughts that we started in American Mary, we kind of finish off in this script and we have more creative control than I've ever had before. Uh, The script is ours as well and I'm incredibly proud of it. And there's three levels that you're going to be able to enjoy this film. On one level, if you're a horror fan, you are going to love it. There's going to be so much horror stuff in there. You're going to be like, wow, these girls love horror. This is cool. The second level is if you're a David Cronenberg fan and it's going to be almost a study and a love letter to everything that he's done I can't spoil everything that we're doing but there's going to be parts of the fly crash everything that he's done there's going to be little bits and you know in the commentary I'll point out all of them for you and the third level you can enjoy you would have to be Mr. Cronenberg himself because we have literally put in things that only he will get and only he'll enjoy, like things from his commentary, the motorcycle he rode on his way into work is featured in the uh, thing that he rode to uh, Rabbit. So, yeah, we are, we are insane, and we've been very tunnel-visioned in Cronenberg land. I mean, the thing we say most often is, oh, no, no, that's not Cronenberg. Well, we can't do that. It feels like kind of going to the school of Cronenberg, too, because there's so many books, there's so many interviews, there's so many things that he touches on, and now it's kind of an excuse to just go kind of crazy with all of it. And... Uh, there, oh, I wish I could tell you guys everything. There is a, there is <laughs> be some, vague, Phil. Be vague. There is something that we did to make sure that everything that we are doing is very Cronenbergian, and uh, it's a it's a person who was involved in those films and involved with uh, other iconic filmmakers, and it's really nice to have that person on board as well because it feels like that's another uh, puzzle piece for this because the. The thing with remakes, if they're unsuccessful, they're not respectful to the original and they're not bringing anything new. So this is very important to us. It's kind of like when we did American Mary, we had to have people from the body mod community there just being like, this is cool, this is not cool, this is not cool. This is kind of like our our debt our David Cronenberg uh, consultant, but also he's going to be very uh, involved in the visual styling of the film. I think that was vague enough, but I also think I gave it away, so I should shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was an awesome answer. I've got two more callers, Sini, and I wanted to ask a quick question before I bring another one on. Um, What is your favorite, most unsung Cronenberg film? I mean, everyone knows The Fly and Scanners, uh, you know, but what's the one that... Yeah, your, your your favorites that people don't watch as often. You know, I really like Extend because it was so weird. I like I didn't even think it was like the first time I saw a Cronenberg movie, it was uh, Shivers, and 
I, I never seen a film like that before ever in my life. It just blew my mind. And then every time I would watch his work, I didn't, wasn't necessarily looking for, Oh, this is this director. This is this, but his stuff would always leave such a huge impact. It was almost like there are no confines to the creativity of what he could do in there. And it was just so interesting manipulating the flesh like that. I'm surprised how many people don't know dead ringers. That's, that's obviously like our favorite one. And, you know, there's been references of it in American Mary. And I always uh, joke that we're Elliot and Beverly Mantel. Those are fake names I give to lots of people for no reason. (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's definitely, you know, the one that I'm surprised more people haven't seen. I know it's a horror movie, but for me, it's a, it's a really sad, sad, traumatic film. Maps of the Stars is fun in a flower in the attic Right? That's why you... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, Existence is my favorite Cronenberg that people don't watch. I think that movie is awesome on so many ways, levels. And even though some of the gaming stuff doesn't quite hold up, some of it does hold up. And 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 all the like like building guns out of out of uh, skeletons and fish bones. It's just I love that. Anyway, it's awesome. So I'm gonna bring a caller on. So be prepared, ladies, sexy witches. Nice. Here we go. All right, this one is in the 931 area code, so I actually think I know who it is. Let's see. Hello, you're on the Sexy Witches 931 area code. Hello. Hello. Name? Name? Uh, My name's Cheyenne. Hi, Cheyenne. Ah, hello, Cheyenne. You're on with the Soskas. Do you have a question? Um, Can I just say first, like, I'm friends with you guys on Facebook, um, I tagged y'all in a lot of cat videos. Um, oh, thank like, you. <laughs> like, um, I've known who y'all were since I was 12 when one of my friend's older brothers was watching Dead Hooker in a Trunk. And I just, like, absolutely fell in love with you guys. I actually want to be a director. And uh, for you guys actually inspired me a lot to do that. Um, oh, and, like, Jen, awesome. you were, Jen, you were, like, my first girl crush. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> I'm kissing you across the phone. Thank you. It's <laughs> uh, an honor. So my question is like, I know that you're a huge Cher fan, Jen, because I like, uh, I love Cher. And oh, but God, who yes. is a, who is another singer that you guys like really like and really enjoy, and they just make an impact in your life in some way? I, Jen, I would say Lady Gaga. I really, I really love Gaga, and I love the message that she has for people, and I love how uh, she embraces our weirdness, and she embraces our flaws, and she says it's okay if we, you know, struggle with mental health, or we don't feel our best, and it's okay to not always be feeling your best, and that a lot of what Hollywood makes it seem like everything is perfect with celebrities is bullshit, I just, I just really appreciate what she's doing and how much of her struggles she's, you know, sharing with everybody too. Because I know that's not easy. Uh, David Bowie was always a huge one for me because I, I remember the first time I heard a David Bowie album. My mom showed me the vinyl for Cat People, and she was like, "You know who David Bowie is?" And I was like, "I don't know who that is." And I was like, "Is he a musician?" And she's like, "Yes, but he's more than that." And I always remember the way that she introduced him to me because I was like. 
wow, I, I, like I'd never seen a guy dress like that before. I've never heard someone sound like that before. And it was so unique. And in this day and age of everybody getting so much cosmetic surgery and trying to look like the exact same person, how refreshing was it to see somebody who actually was like, okay, this is what I look like and I'm going to work the hell out of it. I've always, I've always loved that kind of like mentality. And, you know, all of us can be, feel like, like we're not good enough or we're a bunch of weirdos. And then you look at like the spaceman and you're like, okay, this makes sense. I, I'm obviously from another planet. <laughs> yeah, we might. So be. true. <laughs> That's fabulous. So we were just talking, Queenie and I. Thank you for your call, by the way. Really appreciate thank you. it. No we can't wait to see your movie. Well, Send you. them to us. Thank okay, you. definitely. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 All right. Thank you. And and Queenie and I were just talking about David Bowie because, uh, you know, yes, you um, he went to Depeche Mode and they did a <laughs> David Bowie tribute, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Oh. And, it, it, and I almost ruined my makeup, guys, but I held it together. I would have ruined it. I, I cry at a cat commercial. I'm I'm weak emotionally. <laughs> shut up, Floor. I, I can't show weakness. I know, no. it's over the curtains. But, like, I uh, realized wow. there that that would be the closest I'd ever get to seeing David Bowie in my lifetime, which was sad. That's why I had that deep, oh, you know, I was like, no, because he's gone now, listening. and I'll never get to tell him. Have you been listening to his <sighs> album? Yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I went through a period where I couldn't stop listening to him. I, I, I still will listen to it. What To me, it's one of the most interesting things artistically to ever happen because here's somebody who knows his mortality. He knows that there's a due date. And then he so analytically looks at it and he expresses it so artistically. And I, one of the quotes I thought was amazing was when uh, people were like, well, why didn't you tell people? And he's like, well, dying of cancer isn't David Bowie, so I wouldn't tell people. That's not, you know, that's not part of that. And I was like, Wow, that's so wow. interesting. And I, I've had so many people in my family who have that uh, that disease. It's fucking awful, but it's such an interesting way to to deal with it and to uh, mm-hmm. examine it. I hope I'm lucky enough to know when my date's coming, so Jen and I can make some wonderful kind of art piece like that. Like that was one of the most inspirational things. But also, it's it the, was oh, the great amazing. Great. Well, the video fine. Black Star was just such a love letter to his fans. Oh, yeah. I cried watching that. I cried. Not gonna lie, I actually cried in my room. <laughs> the only other time that I felt that someone truly explored their own death so like so intensely was when I watched uh, Robert yeah. Altman's Prairie Home Companion. I, I know it's a weird analogy, but I kind of put that movie and Black Star in the same category because they're exploring their own death and they're doing it in such a not abstract, maybe it is abstract realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really beautiful. So anyway, yeah. Oh, we're going to miss David Bowie so much. This year and then Tom Petty dies this year. I mean, what's up with that? The world is uh, truly out of balance. Oh, I think God. when David Bowie died, the whole world just went shifted, and we've been out of balance ever since. So we well, got to yeah. figure out how to mm-hmm. restore it. It started well, when Lovey died. I feel like it's going the other way, doesn't it? With the great racist cleanse of 2017. Like, I'm the most excited person. I open, I wake up and I look at the internet and be like, which one of those losers did they drag out right now? It's really interesting. Oh, it's also oh. heartbreaking, though, to find out some of your favorite people are like, oh, God, now I can't like them anymore. Fuck. Oh. You know, I there's a few times when I got to experience that kind of firsthand meeting someone that you really admire and then being like, oh, my God. And then going over to other people and saying what kind of behavior you just witnessed and everyone just looking at you like 
you're the ridiculous one thinking anybody's going to change. And now actually people are, it's sticking. I never, ever thought I'd yep. like to be, see the day where it would stick. Yeah. And I'm so happy about that because for so long we looked at people like, oh, well, I like his movies, like the Roman Polanski bullshit or the Woody Allen bullshit for so long. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, well, he makes good movies. He shouldn't fucking be in a position of power where he can abuse people. You shouldn't be making movies. We shouldn't be giving money for his legal defenses. It's shameful. I'm ashamed that I paid into that because I know I watched Rodriguez and Tarantino films, and that was Harvey Weinstein. I'm ashamed of that. Yeah, but, you know, well, it's kind of hard to find something that Harvey Weinstein hasn't touched, though. (laughs) <laughs> Pun intended. And, and to be fair to Rodriguez and Rose McGowan, they had their own ways of sticking it to them, even if it wasn't obvious. So, you know, it well, was interesting because, like you know, Kevin... right, after, right after I saw you guys, I saw Rose McGowan, right? They Like, you guys were practically oh. back-to-back panels. But, and, and you guys are, like, like, both extremely feminist, but in completely opposite ways. It was like an intensity of polar opposites in, in a good way, right? You guys complement each other. But I was like, wow. No, I, uh, I Rose McGowan so was hinting something big was about to drop because that was right before Harvey Weinstein. And we were talking about, uh. like, small stuff. And then, you know, right, she's like, yeah, I just don't care anymore. And we're like, oh, my God, something big's about to happen. And it did. Yeah, <laughs> good for her. The thing yeah, that bothers so me, that was... uh, the one guy here is is bite, pu- piping in here. If you don't mind, ladies, Uh-oh. excuse me, pardon me. Uh-oh. The thing that bothers me about this is that for a century we've had the casting couch jokes that have floated around and been, oh, gee, tee that mm-hmm. for years. And it's no different than all the altar boy and priest jokes that went around for years where people tee about them. And then, oh, my God, the Catholic priest scandal hit. Oh, no. Oh, no. And now we've had this happening. If we had listened to the comedians and listened to people talking, maybe this could have been stopped years ago. And that's Absolutely. the thing that sets me the most. Yep. Charlie no, Rose. I mean, uh, I actually have a cousin who died in 85 of AIDS from casting couches. I mean, he was an actor and he went to go oh. make it big and uh, ended up. <laughs> Pouring himself out like so many people and, and died at such a young age. That is so Let's heartbreaking. Go. This Shame. is getting really sad, guys. We need to about it because as long as we're talking about it they, they're going to change something like right now there's a petition that uh Corey, Corey uh, feldman has out to do something called Corey's law which is going to remove the statute of limitations on predators that prey on children which shouldn't exist because as you know kids aren't going to go right away and tell people that's why these people prey no, on them it, and as long as that's i did see that there, it's yeah, thank goodness. And I don't mind talking about it on our show. After all, we are the sexy witches, and this is a, a podcast from yep. the geek girl's perspective. So definitely, this stuff applies to our our little circle here. I just that we just I was just getting really sad after talking about David Bowie, and then like oh, you know, I know, in a row. <laughs> turn it up. Yeah, turn it back up. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's I'm been coming. Take- it's been coming for several years, simply because of like all the talk about rape culture in the past couple of years. So well, it when was it comes to Harvey Weinstein, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy if you know what I'm saying you know he can you know <laughs> uh, 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 reading Asia Argento's first person account of what happened was absolutely scary I've never read that, something that, more that, uh, it was very hard to read and the most yeah. disgusting part of it all is that 
The independent well, film gonna... Asia did that I watched was horrifying. So, where she replicated she the with her. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. I mean, it was well made, but my God. Yeah, so, so. All right, so on a more positive note, we're going to take a caller. Queenie, you good? Is there anything you I'm need good. diary to tap? Okay, we're going to take a caller because I have, like, a bunch of callers, and if I don't get to you guys, I apologize because we only have a short time with this, so I'm trying to take as many I as I can. <laughs> and thank you for all your calls, by the way. I'm very flattered. Uh, 352, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello. Three, five. Name, please. Keys. You know I had to call in. <laughs> um, hey. Um, all right, I'll make this quick because I know the time is short. This is actually Very for everyone. Short. Now, I know the Oscars, they want well, making Rabbit and everything like that. And I know that another Cronenberg that you would want to make is Dead Ringers. What Cronenberg would you remake that is not that film? And that goes for everyone if you were to remake a Cronenberg film. Oh, wow. I got one right away. Scanners. I don't like the middle of scanners. I really like the beginning. I really like the end. And there's like an effect I like in the middle. But I think in the middle, it really falls apart. I really do. I th- I love the concept. I think I could do, I think I could spend more time. I'm sorry, David. You know it was a nightmare in editing. Shot. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's actually a good answer, though, because I kind of agree. It kind of loses its focus for a while. It doesn't know where it's going. And then suddenly it goes, oh, yeah, it's we got to do great this. Ideas. So, yeah, it's exactly. a great idea. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So, I well, thank would, you I would for love your to do Shivers again, but it feels like Slither already did it, right? Like, Slither is yeah. like a Shivers remake. <laughs> no one will ever actually let you make a sex plug movie. I mean, they won't let any of the. It's the, no, there's just so many things that'll be like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, well, here, I'm going to blow your mind. They are remaking Shivers, but it's not allowed. I heard it's not allowed to have sexual content. Ah. So I'm like, what the fuck? Oh. I don't know, dude. They remade Martyrs. End of end of <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Some things should be Martyrs. left alone. I, I, you know what film, ladies, Born films, ladies? I'd like to see you take a stab at if you were going to do a Cronenberg movie and really, really go at it. Would be like maybe try to do a snuff the whole film because I thought it was too ambitious, but a section of Naked Lunch. Wow, mm. that's actually so one of my favorite ones. Me too. Yeah, that one's I, amazing. I, thought, I fucking love Naked Lunch. It's so weird. I, I, it's beautiful. Nobody for a video drone. Oh my god. Yeah, I I would do video drone. That's what I would do. I would do video drone. Yes, USB and hard drives. Ah! Does, does Nightbreed count? Does Nightbreed count? Because Cronenberg was in it. No, it doesn't. His count. only well, acting. <laughs> that would be like the saying Nightbreed would count because he was in it. <laughs> There's right. a lot of things well, I'd like to see the Soskas do. I'd love to Thank see you, you guys for your call. Oh, my God. Okay, Miss Soskas, Jen and Sylvia, it is now 10 o'clock, and you're welcome if you have to go, but you're also welcome to stay on and talk a bit longer. Your fans are blowing me up. So it's your choice. Right, I know you're more. super let's uber busy. You want to talk some more, Queenie? You want to talk yeah. some more? Yeah. Bring it. All right, <laughs> we're going to bring it on. Yeah. 
Okay, let's bring on another caller because this is, I think, the most callers I think I've ever had on my show. Blog Talk's probably going, what the fuck's going on? Uh, (laughs) My algorithms are going to be all over the place. All right, so here we go. 860, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Um, hello? Hello, you're on with the Sexy Witches and the Soap Skies. Hi, um, my name is Lauren. Lauren? Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Do you have a question? Do you have a question, my Um, dear? Yeah. Um, for <laughs> Jen and Sylvia, on your website you have like um jewelry and I have the um tree of life earrings and I wanted to know where you get your inspiration for that cuz they're also like beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Well, uh Jennifer and I are really into gemstones and uh kind of studying the occult and kind of like different kinds of uh magic. And uh, I heard something where that if you give somebody uh, a piece of jewelry or something, depending on what the intent is, that you'll get something from it. And as soon as I heard about that, I thought that was a really cool way to be able to uh, make something that's stylish, but also kind of reach out to people. Because, like, when you make movies, you can't really connect with people as much. But if you make them jewelry, like, we personally make all of those things for for different things with different intention. And we're like, I I feel like... uh, different people are drawn to it and then I always get these interesting responses from how it affects people so I'm always like I guess it's a way of uh, testing our magic yeah and I'm always trying to find things that uh, people need I have a lot of empowering I have a lot of evil eye stuff to keep you know bad intentions away and you know I find that the jewelry is only bought by the most hardcore of hardcore so every time I see someone with a piece of jewelry I think oh my god thank you so much and that you have that positive energy I mean, we hold them and we charge them up and we put all of our positive energy in them. So when you have them, I always hope, yeah, I hope they're serving you well. Are they taking they care of you? Do. Are you having good luck with them, Lauren? Yeah, um, I wear them all the time. Uh, I wore them to my graduation. I wore them actually Aww. when I met you guys in, um, in Cherry Hill. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lauren. Yeah. I love you, Lauren. I wear them necklace they, you got me all the time, too. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you for sending it. Thank you for your beautiful gift and for your friendship. Yeah, and your edits are sick. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, that's wonderful, my friend. And I, I love you thank guys. Thank you for your sorry. call, that's, my dear. That's, that's oh, awkward, but I'm sorry. Yeah. You, Lauren. It's all Lord, good, Lauren. We know how question? you feel. Trust me. So. Now I'm now I'm really disappointed that. that I didn't meet. I'm really disappointed now that I didn't meet you guys when I was in Cherry Hill. <laughs> They are amazing. They are an experience. Oh, that convention's amazing. I was at it twice this year. And and you just Miss Miss Sylvia and Jen, you just got off of Days of the Dead Chicago, which I I do panels at Days of the Dead Atlanta, and I'm probably going to help out with Charlotte this year. So it's pretty cool. Well, stay tuned, Atlanta. There might be some twins coming your way. Yeah. All right. I love the Atlanta. Oh my God! They have so much. Uh, They are Adolfo was the first person to give me a press pass, so I owe him a lot. So uh, you know that first press pass is like a big deal, you know. So I was like, woohoo! So I'm really (laughs) dead. You know, um, convention would be really great for the Oscars. Scares that care. Charity. Scares the care. That would be a great. Oh, oh, absolutely. 
Oh, gosh. Scares and Cares is our, all of us, uh, except for Queenie, that's our go-to convention because of the, uh, because of the horror tr- author tract and the panel, the podcasting track and, um, you know, the, the whole charity vibe. It's nothing like any other convention I've ever done. Uh, so I really I like that, even there. if it is really hot that time of year in Williamsburg. But that's another story. So, but um, I almost but, never go outside, except for in the case of fire alarms. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, except for the fire alarms. So can I ask yeah. my wrestling question, Liz? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited to uh, that. Oh, God. I, I met you guys, uh, interviewed you briefly uh, at... New York Comic Con 2013 for uh, when you got called on to do Cena uh, Weevil 2. A pleasant interview, and I thank you so much. You were my first interview with a big celebrity. So oh, so forgive me for you. being all doughy-eyed when I was talking to you. All right. Oh, um, thank you. What's nice. the current state of the WWE, it seems like all our favorite indie guys are on the roster now, and the company's having a lot of great success financially. But the booking seems somewhat questionable, and it's turning off a lot of hardcore fans. How do you guys feel about that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Jennifer will start. For me, um, for me uh, WrestleMania 30 was a huge turning point in the treatment and appreciation of the fans. I think you know what I'm talking about with the Undertaker screw job. And oh, yeah. from there, I know that wrestling is always supposed to have moments of disappointment, but the more I watch, especially the pay-per-views, the more it's just disappointment and no win. And we lost guys like CM Punk, and we've lost guys like Daniel Bryan, and even John Cena's like, oh, my God, I get paid how much for movies? And we're losing the guys that are really compassionate. And also we got guys like Big Show and Kane being treated, you know, basically like garbage, just putting guys over, and Goldust, too, and we don't know how much longer we're even going to have them. And we've only now started calling our female superstars superstars instead of divas. And they're still basically a halftime show. I'm hoping that Hunter and Stephanie will listen to the fans a little bit more instead of just being in the bubble that is the WWE. Uh, I know Vince uh, has a monopoly, so he doesn't have to listen to anybody's opinion. And bless you, you have so much money, sir. But please, please, for the love of God, Give us something to look forward to. When you took away the streak, I didn't have anything to look forward to in WW anymore. And I'm waiting for a moment where Brett Braun Strowman maybe accidentally kills Brock Lesnar in the ring. <laughs> I honestly am at this point. Well, you know, it's funny because we got into wrestling during the Attitude Era where when we were kids, it was super inappropriate for kids. And then we started working for the company and it was for kids and we were adults. And it always seems like you're kind of missing that pendulum. I think there's this happy, like, middle ground to be done in there, but it's really, really hard to figure out the creative. Like, I'm so surprised that they let go of Summer and Emma because those girls worked so hard and they had such cool angles. What I really wanted them to do, and I pitched this to Story, and I don't know if they listened, but I said, you know how there's always Undertaker and there's, like, there's this supernatural element in the dude wrestlers, but they've never really had that in the chick ones? I thought they should do, like, a Sister Abigail thing where her spirit jumps into different divas and starts, like, possessing them so then they can be, like, the Undertaker for a moment. So it can be, like, this weird thing that happens in Halloween until it eventually, she eventually jumps into whoever's going to actually be Sister Abigail for the first whole thing and then do that as a storyline, but... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I hope I, I hope I get really good uh, from uh, the rabbit show and they let us direct an episode of Raw. 
So did you That's ladies watch idea. The Gorgeous Lady? Yeah, it is a great idea. The Gorgeous Lady is a wrestling show on Netflix because that's one of my best of 2017 this year. I love that show. Oh. Did you get the chance to see it? Oh, we love that show. I like watching the last episode and when, uh, uh, what's their face, Liberty Bell's husband is a bitch to her and she's like, you can leave if it's too silly and she starts wrestling. I'm like, such a feminist moment. I just sit there and cry watching that episode. I'm like, yeah, you wrestle your friends. Oh, they, they got it so beautiful, though. I love that show so much. And I'm, I'm hoping that they, we get out of this, like, really weird stigma where people kind of shit on wrestlers for no reason. Because, like, I remember in the 90s, everybody was, like, cool. Everybody loved wrestling. And then for a while, people thought it was lame. And now it's kind of changing again because people are getting respect, like, I hear a lot of people say they don't like fights because they're fake or whatever. They're predetermined, just like movies. But these guys are flipping around and doing crazy shit. It's it's cool. It's it's like it's like nothing you've ever. It's seen a live before. stunt show. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, Liberty Bell is like she's struggling all through the season, right? She can't quite get it. She can get the moves, but she doesn't have the heart. Then they take her to a pro yeah. show, and she suddenly realizes it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. And she yeah, like it. And that, that moment was so. That's my favorite moment the whole season. I was just like, yeah, she got it, she got it. <laughs> you know, it was brilliant. Anyway, I just I wanted to see because I've been geeking out on that show, and this is our best of 2017. So I wanted to make sure I threw out Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling while we're talking about it. So, uh, Queenie, I'm going to throw out to you for a second. Do you have a question? Uh, yes, I do. I have a few, <laughs> but I'll just do one. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. We were. It was brought up about you guys being religious and, you know, the jewelry you make, which one day hopefully I will get some because, oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, do you want to talk a little bit about your spirituality? Because we're all sexy witches here. So, you know, what kind of Blessed sexy be. witches are you? Yeah, you know, are sexy warlock. Oh, that is so interesting. You know, I had a, I had a really tough year uh, last year. There, it was a really, really difficult year. I, it, we were 33, so Jennifer and I said it was our crucifixion. Because it really was like a very, no, it was a really dark time. And you really, uh, it's actually, at the time, it certainly didn't feel like it. But it was a blessing because it forced us to look inward and kind of uh, look at how who we were affected the things that were happening around us. Uh, my dad, uh, my dad leads the choir at our church. We love going to church. I love talking to the priest. We have an amazing, amazing priest. He was actually in like the, the Catholic, Roman Catholic uh, church uh he would find uh, he would find pedophiles and prosecute them, which is really fucking challenging. And it's an amazing the stories he has and the, the things he talks about. And he also talks about how God talks to him, how he talks to him in dreams and shows him things before they happen in the future, which I think is really interesting because a lot of times people look at religion and different kind of spirituality, and they don't realize that every piece of religion is connected. Like all of us are very connected. Um, I'm very uh, fascinated with any kind of writing that shows all of that. Uh, I read a lot about occultism and different type of ritual magic. Jennifer's more of a, a nature magic kind of person. Also, when I say stuff like God, um, I want to make it clear that it's like Gaia or Source or the universe or spirit, whatever you feel more comfortable calling that. I like calling it God because I was, I was raised Catholic. To me, I believe that there is a God and underneath is the angels, which everyone accepts, and, you know, other deities. Whoever you think believes exists, you know, probably does to some aspect. Maybe we get the names wrong. I mean, I think that at the end of it, we're going to realize 
hey, well, if you were born in this area, you called God this. And if you were born in this area, you called God this. But you can't doubt that there's something there. Uh, given our, our blessing to work in uh, horror, I've come across so many situations and scenarios and amazing people. And I believe I've seen, I've seen miracles and things I can't explain uh, scientifically. And I am a skeptical, skeptical person. But I do think that if you seek answers in this life, you will find them. And be cautious when you ask for that. Because uh, it's like if you want to know if ghosts exist. Once you know ghosts exist, you can't not know that ghosts exist. And uh, there's a certain comfort with that, too, because once you know that exists and that other side uh, exists beyond the veil, and the veil, if you look online, is getting thinner and thinner every day, uh, there's a comfort there, too, because I don't believe life ends. I believe in the life-death-rebirth thing. I know that they say uh, in Catholicism that doesn't exist. You die and you just go up to heaven. But if you really look at the religions, there is death-life rebirth in all of them they all kind of have the same uh, plans to it and the same kind of principles and teachings i think the organizations ruin a lot of our religion and uh to go all john lennon i really wish we could destroy every religion and all of us could be included in one group spirituality where we believe in whatever we want to believe in we believe in god up top and whoever else you know we apply appeal to and I think that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, one one example too totally is uh, I I had a kitty that uh, that had a horrible uh, a tumor that was cancerous. He needed a partial mandibulectomy. Uh, it went from he's going to die to he's doing really well. Last night we had to take him to the emergency room because he had a little seizure. And on online I messaged, oh, could I get a bunch of prayers? Well, the prayers must have worked because. Be- Here's something amazing. He went in there. He was a, he, they checked him out. He was 100% fine. They gave him a little fluid. They sent him home. Today I did a curve test because he has diabetes, but he doesn't have diabetes anymore. Today it's in remission. I, I deeply feel so many people have been praying for him, and he's seeing these little surgery updates and putting energy towards it. I hear people. I see people showing me their workings that they're doing at home towards this, and I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you. That means so much to me because I know when you – think about something when you put the energy into something you move things that's why when people go around and they're negative all the time and they're like why is my life is so shitty why is the only shitty things happening to me so yeah, that's the energy you're putting out there you're not really, you're not putting any any feelers out there for positive stuff so much of uh, our perception and what happens to us is uh what we manifest for ourselves yeah, what goes out comes back i honestly believe that amen yep Always have. Well, bless it. look at this, too. You guys wanted us on the show. We're on the show. You made that happen. You willed it into existence. <laughs> Love attracts. Well, that's, yeah. that's because I'm a stalker. I don't know if that has to, I don't know what it has to do with prayers, though. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably, I'm probably, I think I'm, I'm probably the only non-atheist or, or pagan of the bunch. <laughs> oh, really? What are you? Um, I was raised Advent Christian, which is basically, I I was raised in a very positive atmosphere. They were always focused on the second coming and and all the good things that uh, Jesus had to teach, you know. It was never, you know, fire and brimstone and hell and and shit, which I think is why I kept my religion. (laughs) Oh, I love that, and that's beautiful. You know, I think there's such a negative uh, Connotation. connotation with Christianity because, there's so many times that you only see the, the people who don't actually reflect those values 
representing the religion. You're like, no, that's not what it's actually like. Like when we shot Dead Hooker in a trunk, the church donated the church to shooting in it. They let us shoot in the hall. They let us shoot in their houses. And when the movie was playing, the congregation came out and supported us. It, I mean, like That's people so always say, people are too fast to judge. What we have to do is we actually have to talk to people, and we'll find out how similar we actually all are. Exactly. Awesome. I, I honestly believe that it doesn't matter whether you believe or not. It all has to do with whether you're a good person. God does not yes. give a shit what you believe in because we all believe Amen. in something different. Oh, beautifully put. Oh. On that note, I'm going to take a caller because we've got three more. I don't want to get through them before we get you off the air because they've been very patient. So 972, uh-huh. you're you're on with the Sexy Wishes and the Sos guys. How you doing? Hi. Good. How are you? Hello. Good. Good name. We're great. Um, Austin. Uh, do you have a question for us? Yeah. Uh, it's the process. Um, Go ahead. Can you hear me? Right. Um, how do you deal with stress? Oh, that is a good one. How do we deal with stress? I find um, breathing helps a lot. There's this uh, breathing exercise that's supposed to reset your brain, and it helps you when you're under a huge amount of stress. You breathe in to the count of five and out to the count of five, into the count of six, out to the count of six, into the count of seven, and out to the count of seven. And doing that three times really helps. But also, uh, as my sister says, there's nothing that three our fathers can't help, which also helps me because I – I really like to to ask for help from the big guy upstairs, especially when I, I feel like I, I'm lost and I, I need a moment to, to find my strength. Uh, I would also suggest it's, it's really good to be aware of your thoughts and be in control of your positive thinking. I'm so guilty of being the person who's like, hurry up, you stupid bitch, you're late, or, oh, you're so fucking ugly, fix your makeup. And I'm like, I would never even think that of another person. But saying that yeah, to myself, too. I mean, we all say that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's a routine that we need to break out of. We need to treat ourselves like our own best friends because what we don't realize is that's the way that we speak to ourselves and that's just regularly how we've trained because, you know, we let those outside voices affect our inside voice, the voice inside our head. So for me, the most important thing when dealing with stress is uh, to not take on other people's emotions when they're pushing negative emotions and stressful things and expectations on you. You need to keep that peace inside, and you need to tell yourself that you're a good person and not to take on, you know, that emotional baggage that people are putting on you. Try to find some time to sit by yourself anywhere quiet, maybe even listen to music, and meditate. And that's just controlling your breathing and letting thoughts come and go and getting reacquainted with that little voice inside that we just don't listen to because we're too busy on Facebook. We're too busy on Netflix. We're too busy checking our phone, like, endlessly on Twitter. Yeah. Like, what are we even looking for when we're on our phones, honestly? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm still scrolling. <laughs> I hope that helps, Austin. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For me, nice it's question. definitely music. Yeah. Thank you for your call. That was awesome. Let's just bring on one on straight more. I'm just going to plug into this. Uh, 401, you are on with the Sexy Witches. Hi. Hi. Hello. Who is, 
Okay, who like, obviously you don't know who I am by my voice. Okay, my name's Destiny. I do know who you are. I oh, want you to say it. How are you? Hi, sweetie. Uh-huh. I'm good. <laughs> this is for my listeners. This is a, a guest, former guest and a frequent caller, Michelle Nesk. How you doing? Hey. So Hi. you're on, though. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're on. Um, talk about what you have a question for you, the girls here, the the Twisted Twins? Um, Hello? Okay, so my question was actually about Logan, and I was, like, literally, like, just crying because, like, Auntie Sel was oh. talking about him, and I was like, oh, my God, no, not Logan. Then, like, you were oh. like, oh, he's doing well, and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, finally. He's, oh, he's um, doing really, really well. Uh, so he ha- he goes into the vet on Thursday. He goes to see the surgeon to make sure that his tubes and his stitches are all good. And then he goes to his regular veterinarian because they're just going to confirm that he is in remission with his diabetes, which which is like the best Christmas present. He's probably like, I don't want to see any fucking needles anymore. I am done with that stuff. And uh, then he uh, he's going to go for some kitty chemo, which is not as harsh as it is for uh, kitties as it is for people. He goes on a little bit of an IV, and he has some medicine and some pills he takes. But that's just because the type of cancer that he has, they removed it all. But if there's one little cell, it might attach to the bone and start growing again. So it's just preventative, and it's, it's at the stage where when they do this, it's going to be totally wiped out. And then once a month, he can go see his fan club at the vet, and he's going to be totally fine. But his winter coat is in, and he got a bunch of... The toys from Days of the Dead, and he like feels like he's a pimp. Like I think he doesn't even know he's sick. I think he thinks like everybody just decided to stop what they're doing and worship him. And he's like, finally. Oh, don't be nervous. We're all friends here, and this is awesome. And um, you, you know, I'm so glad Logan's doing better because I did see those posts earlier today i was like oh no her kitty's sick i hope she's okay you know because uh you know oh, i'm about to adopt you. a kitty very soon so oh, bless you. <gasps> yes yeah I i'm have... gonna get a kitty i want it there's a little orange striped guy i've been looking at re- uh, rescuing so i think i'm gonna get him Aww. so so oh, i'll have an orange gonna cat. get a forever home for christmas what a blessing yeah, hmm. and, and orange cats are, are very Norse, so I like orange cats. So uh, yeah, yeah that, that that's <laughs> always been what I've been most attractive to. My first cat was orange, and I have two orange babies right now, along with two others. <laughs> My house. Is we had one pass cat. away this huh. year. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm sorry so to hear sorry. that. Yeah, she had she uh. got flea anemia. I mean, she was gone in like. 48 hours from the time she oh, she got sick. I'm so sorry. She it was oh, it was geez. devastating for my daughter especially because we rescued her from the street um, the previous year. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm so so sorry. I c- How are you? Guys we called her. Well, we called her Bowie because she had one blue eye and one green eye, so that oh. was just extra sadness. <laughs> Come on, you're making me sad. I lost my cat a year I'm ago. I'm sorry. Oh, All right, I'm stop. sorry. I'm so Such a feel fest in here. It's pet. It's pet. They've got sick Logan and, and, and Queenie lost two snakes. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, Queenie. I'm sorry. Oh, poor yeah. snake mother. I'm a snake mother, too. I know you guys are. I watch your little, 
you know, videos and you have like pictures all the time. It's so great. And you've got tarantulas, uh-huh. right? Yeah, I have tarantulas as well. I keep trying to put little videos of them, and then I always get messages from people that are like, this is terrifying. I'm like, really? But they're so cute. <laughs> it, it's, it's so I don't get it. People My daughter doesn't get it. We love spiders. We love tarantulas. They are sweet pets. Mm-hmm. They're affectionate, uh-huh. unsung pets. Oh, yeah. And I really get upset when people look at tarantulas <laughs> and go, ah! I'm like, look, brown recluse, yes, that ship will melt your skin away. Tarantulas just want to be tarantulas. They don't really want to do anything else. They're really awesome. I love them. Except for the genuine fear that is arachnophobia. (laughs) Yes. Which I have. I have have passed out before in a pet store when somebody tried to open a tarantula cage and just knocked over shelves. So. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know people with snakes, they do the same thing, you know, and all I see is their adorable little faces, you know. <laughs> I, I, I have people that won't go into my cubicle because I have pictures of bats in there. Oh, man. Ah! Yeah. Good way to keep it bats off. are just winged mice. They're floofy. I, well, they, I used to do bat research, so I have pictures of real bats in my cubicle, and they can't handle it. They just, it keeps people out. That's fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want them I in my cubicle anyway. Do bat research. So, oh, um, by the way, I got a message. Batman. He is Batman. I got a message right here from Richard Tanner, who I mentioned earlier. He's one of the Atlanta boys saying hey to the Soskas, and he's listening to the show, so thank you for that. Um, he said, when we, I quote, when we shot Hooker in the trunk, the church donated it. Unquote. If that isn't on a shirt tomorrow, I'm going to make millions. That's what he said to you. And, oh, he, and, and he also said, we need to treat, end quote, we need to treat ourselves like our own best friends, unquote. And he also said, I wasn't supposed to be this inspired, EKG. Aw, that's so cute. Aww. All right. So thank you, Richard. Uh, we have one final caller because it's getting late, and I know these they, they have a lot of things they have to get ready for. So let's bring on our last caller of the night, 714. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Would that be me? That, that would be you. Hi. Hello. Oh, last uh, but, this is your last uh, not- Orange County, Los Angeles correspondent. Oh, this is our com- <laughs> this is our Comic Con correspondent. This is my cousin Aaron. I just went to see him, and we went to Halloween Horror Nights together in Universal. Oh my! At God. Universal Studios. I love Halloween yeah. Horror Nights. Hi, Aaron. So good. I just found out that we missed a trio of actors from The Walking Dead who had been there the previous uh, week, going through uh, their their experience, The Walking Dead experience. King Ezekiel and uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we finally come full circle because that's it. I cleared the board. Woohoo! Thanks. <laughs> um, so uh, Sylvia and Jen, uh, I know it's getting late. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick before you go, um, what is your favorite things for this year from 2017? What were your? Can you give me your favorite television, your favorite movie, and your favorite album? Wow. Well, my favorite album would be by Fake Shark. It's uh, an album called Faux Real. I have it on vinyl. It's their very first one on vinyl, but they have a bunch of albums. I am so addicted to it. It's a. Uh, it has a lot of messages that I think a lot of people can relate to about growing older and how you change and how people change. And it's just, it's just so, it was so sexy and awesome. I, I, 
I love it so much. Favorite movie? Hmm. I don't know. Did Deadpool come out this year? No. No? No. No. Nice try. But you guys have the Batman, Cure for Wellness, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Those are all good. The lore. That I was really good. The lore. The lore. Oh my god! I got a song from the lore on my thing right now. I I was gonna talk oh. about that tonight. Thank you. Did we just become I love the lore. Did. Love. Hold on. Let's see if I sign it. Hold on. Let's see. Come on. There it is. Uh, I'll pull that underneath. So tell me, tell our listeners about the lore because I've been kind of excited about this movie since um, it came out. Okay, so it's it's a lady director, um, and it's a mermaid horror musical. And if you think that doesn't work, you're absolutely wrong. I've never seen uh, mermaidens done like uh, predators like this, and it's it's a very interesting examination of like, well, you know, the darker nature of humanity. I mean. It's, I don't want to ruin anything about it, but I've never seen them done like these kind of creatures. They, they have this interesting way of communicating, kind of like you would think uh, whales or dolphins would underwater. And, and uh, when they hunt, it's, it's, it's got this kind of like a Lolita kind of aspect to them because they look like very young girls. And forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it's a directorial debut, <clears throat> which is unbelievable because I put that film next to Dead Hooker in a trunk and I'm like, oh, queen, how did you pull that off? I haven't seen Raw yet, but I hear it's going to be my other favorite movie of the year. Oh, I mean, you are going to love it. it. You are going to love it. It is fucking it's fantastic. Okay. It's, it's hilarious. But it's great. Yeah, the ending is hilarious to me. I shouldn't have said it, but I have the criterion in front of me of the lore. I love this thing so much. <laughs> I'm so glad you said something about because I I've, I have three favorite soundtracks of the year and it happens to all be horror films. One was Allure, nice. one was Get Out, and then The Void. I thought all three of those soundtracks were superior this year. And then for honorable mention, you got to throw in Stranger t- Things too, right? Because it's a nostalgic pick, right? So uh, but, yeah, no. Uh, you know, for TV show, I'm going to be narcissistic. We got to be on this cool show called The Core that uh, AMC is doing with Shudder. And it's got this really That's cool right. host, uh, Mickey Keating. And uh, what they do is they get horror people. They talk about horror movies. But then they kind of go behind the scare with these really crazy over-the-top kills. Like, our episode, I believe, is November 30th. And I can't even... Well, you know, I guess, it, you know... Uh, what I do with Jennifer on that film or that episode, I think is going to be gift a million hundred times, mm-hmm. but I've never had more fun in anything like that. I thought it was like, it's like such a crazy kind of like 10 minute film school where you get to go through everything. And even Mary, our, after our episode is Mary Heron's episode, which is the one I'm like freaking out to see. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, Mary teach me more. Well, I, I saw that you mentioned that you're on the core, and I just recently, thanks to Erin Marie, have Shutter now. So, uh, yay! So yeah. I definitely catch that out. Uh, yeah, so Shutter that's awesome. Definitely uh, my favorite channel. Well, yeah, it's Queen, my favorite I think you should close out streaming. this interview, give your last question, and we got to wish them, because they've been on for an hour, and I'm going to let them go, because they have a lot to get ready for. But this, close us out, girl. Bring it home. 
All right, let's bring this home. How about we wrap it up with you talking a little bit about women in horror for next year? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, No problem. I'm a big fan myself. Ah, you have to come one year. Join us. I wish, but, you know, traveling right now is difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this year is easily our most ambitious year. Every year we do an anthology, and we try to loop it all together. And this year I thought, hey, fuck it. Let's get 28 directors and do 28 days and give each uh, filmmaker and filmmaking team their own day. So we have a new PSA. So instead of just doing, like, a a big blast on a shot at the beginning and then another little hit on Valentine's Day – we're going to be keeping the fun going all month long. And uh, I haven't decided when we're going to be releasing ours, either on the first to kick it in the balls or the very last day. But I have never even more ambitiously done something. I mean, I don't want to blow any of it, but uh, this is going to be talked about a lot. This is I'm going to say right now, everyone, if I die, this is what I want to be remembered. <laughs> and also... Uh, it's also me going hard after a project I want. It's like me going, <clears throat> perhaps you didn't hear me the first time I want to direct a superhero movie. <laughs> this is Sylvia. Well, we have this, uh, this, Jen has this great phrase, uh, follow your stupid fucking dreams. And it's the most important thing I think anybody can do because you always think your dreams are stupid. You think it's overly ambitious. You think you're crazy for even dreaming them. But the reason why you're dreaming those is because that is your true voice talking to you about what you're meant to do while you're here and uh, I, I have a dream that I've been chasing down and I think after this we're going we're gonna to chase it down really good and I think it, through doing that it's going to also encourage a lot of people to give blood because we've been going, the uh, people who donate it's less people every, every year and it's just a tiny little prick you get to save a bunch of people from doing it and all of us have to you know, endure tiny pricks all day long so wouldn't it be nice if we had a little one and you know, <laughs> save some on? Yeah, the main thing we want to do is I think the big reason people don't donate blood is because they're scared Donating blood is cool. It's so cool. And then you got bragging rights that you saved up to three lives or six baby lives. I mean, six baby lives. Come on, that's pretty adorable. Or you can mix up the math of um, like two adults and like four babies. <laughs> I, I always oh think about Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, well, uh, look, but he, he, he funded part of El Mariachi by making his staff go get give blood at one point oh yeah so, um, <laughs> we tried to do yeah. it on dead hooker but we tried to get all the guys to jerk off in a cup and sell their semen but none of them wanted to become fathers because of dead hooker perfect reason to become a father exactly right. i tried to art. sell eggs but they wouldn't take them i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm excited for Women well, in Horror Month myself, so I'm going to do a little something with my YouTube channel. That's, that's oh, my presentation. And, <laughs> and thank you for hiring our friends and colleagues. Uh, you know, yeah. some of the people that we have on the show are doing one of your PSAs, and so we're really excited about that. And, um, you know, if, you, oh, if you're ever looking for a sexy witch people. in film, uh, my stupid fucking dream was always acting. <laughs> <laughs> I well, need to. Well, I have well, been in one. <laughs> well, for sure.
sure this was our dream. I want to say thank you. I mean, we could literally talk for another hour, but unfortunately I don't have the money to do that. Uh, but, um, you know, some, and maybe with net neutrality, I'll have even less money and time, those bastards. Anyway, um, but I thank you so much for being on the show. You, you guys are always a delight. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed every panel I've ever seen you on, and I, you guys are, you know, your inspiration. You show that if you just you know, stick to itness. You, you guys have that. You have that gumption, and you also have that Vancouver niceness. And I love that oh, about Vancouver. Uh, you know, we Queenie has it. Particular something about like white spots makes everybody really mellow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they're like my favorite. That's my favorite fast food chain, by the way, in Canada is white spot. Anyway, uh, I digress. But uh, you know, but anyway, they're just so nice, and and and. I thank you again for coming on the show. We're small, but as you see, everyone called in. Everyone called in. I, I, I you know, mm-hmm. everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone, people want to ask you serious questions about their own personal life and safety, not just about film and geekery. And that's really amazing that your fan base has that really love is. for you. And it really is. And we love you too. So thank you for coming on the show. Oh, on a personal a note, I would thank like you so much. <laughs> And and then we hope we can come back on again. We could talk about rabbit. Yes. We could talk about rabbit. Anytime. You are you always welcome in the cousin lady. Anytime you want. I mean, I mean, I I will You'll stop the show if you see you guys and, and change subjects for you anytime. You know, I have no problem with that. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and please, yes, please, when you're um, give us a progress report on rabbit when you start principal photography. That would be rad. Oh, we love it. Done and done. I say I I personally say that Liz and I should treat you to dinner when we're in Atlanta for Days of the Dead if we get to go again. Oh, <laughs> oh when you when you come oh, back so here, sweet. I'm taking her to friggin' Joss's um in, in here in Annapolis. I have the best sushi joint that's not Nobu in the country, right up the street. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love so, sushi on me. Oh, they would love me. the Amish market. Oh, and I would totally hang out with you in Seattle. Amish market. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have an Amish market. Only if we can play Amish Paradise. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm a huge fan, so yes. Guys, it's been a real honor to talk to you, like, to do this interview, and I just, I'm all verklempt now. I have witchy feelings. I'm not (laughs) verklempt. So verklempt. Talk to the We begin with verklempt, we end with verklempt. I will say there's been coffee and there's been talk and there's been coffee talk on this particular episode. And I really appreciate it. So thank you. Yes, yes. It's actually two. I've been sucking down coffees for like this entire episode, literally. I I have what's called the, um, they call it the Hauntra Special now. And it's basically coffee, Kahlua, and any other thing else I want to spike it with. So anyway, that's fun. I like but, that. Uh, oh yeah, no, I I I I'm serious about my coffee and <laughs> anything. But um, I'm digressing. I don't want to hang up on you guys because it makes me sad to do that. <laughs> but you know, you can <laughs> hang up on you. Um, so thank you again. I will definitely well, looking forward to it. And thank your you thank your um Liz is that her name your publicist. Oh, yeah, Liz from Zero Gravity. Isn't she the sweetest? 
Yes, thank her. She was so uh, so approachable. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you for that, too. Uh, thank you. I'll let her know. She's so awesome. I wouldn't know where, what the fuck I was doing if it wasn't for Liz. She's such a goddess. Yeah, we've got a really great team. <laughs> yeah, very lucky. Oh, yeah, you, you do. And I hope to see you. If I'm in the Days of the Dead, we'll definitely say hello. Oh, awesome. I'll, I'll hug the crap out of you. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, th- me th- too. Be I'm very fun. fluffy. Uh, done, done. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hang up on the folks, guys. Everybody, this is sad. So you have a good <laughs> evening. <laughs> oh, bye. 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 Good night. Oh, and they're gone. They're gone. Oh. And I apologize That's if I didn't get to you. Um, on the line because I had so many callers, but I think I did get to everyone. But that was Jen and Sylvia Soska of Twisted Twins Productions, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone, five snaps and a sandy no. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I can't believe it. It ran. I had a feeling we might run long. I didn't expect to run that long, but over an hour, ladies and gentlemen, with the Soskas. And you know what? Honestly, I think we could have talked for hours. This was like a 90s party line. It was amazing. It was. Could have gone uh, the whole time, the whole show. Oh, like, yeah, we man. Could've. We could have. You know, yeah, you know what we, I want to see them I, do? We, we didn't get a chance to what? talk about this. Um, Nancy A. Collins, Sunglasses After Dark, the Sonya Blue Vampire books. I think that would be the Ooh. perfect, perfect vehicle for the Saskatoon twins to take over and, and, and adapt to the screen. Agreed. And it, it, it needs to be put out there because it's a badass female, strong character um, on lines of what they're trying to do with Wonder Woman. And she's a vampire. You can't beat that. So there's gritty violence that's going to be in it too. So, mm-hmm. oh. well, well, hopefully I'm, if they I'm, listen no. to this, then they'll they'll say, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I hope they do listen to this. And and I would have kept them on longer, but we got to go soon. And, and uh, uh, you know, we don't have time to go deep dive into what the subject was supposed to be, but we can talk a little bit about, like, the, a recap. I First of all, Aaron, I want Marie. I do need you to recap Walker Stalker because we were going to talk about it in the first half hour, and we didn't. So we'll go ahead and talk about that. But, um you know, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm, like, so excited and, and, like, in awe that I had these ladies on. And they were amazing, as I knew they would be. Uh, and, and, and the subject matter ranged from stress to, uh, you know, jewelry to Pets. religion. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, like the subject matters that they can go in and out of. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so thanks they to made it really Jen easy. and Sylvia. <laughs> Oh, they made it easy, and and the callers, and thank all the callers too. I think that was the most callers I've ever had on the show. I, I'm positive it that was. I'm the pretty most sure callers. it is. <laughs> you know how I know it was the most callers I ever wrote? I had one of those bars where you have to move up and down to see all the phone calls. So you know, I had to toggle. I was toggling, folks, while you guys were talking. <laughs> I had that many callers, so and we got 15 minutes left before we call it the day. Um, and let's just do a quick, quick recap. So, Erin Marie, I wanted to ask you, you were on, you were at Walker Soccer Atlanta, speaking of Atlanta. Yes, I did. Uh, I want to give a quick recap for a minute while I take a breather. I only went to one day of Walker Soccer. I went on Saturday, which was, of course, the biggest day to go. 
And I once I realized what Bruce Campbell was doing, I knew I had to go to the game show. I was like, fuck, he's doing the game show. And I'm really pissed at myself for not actually, like, getting on the stage. That they gave the audience entire buzzers. Bruce Campbell was fucking hysterical. Like, <laughs> getting to just bask in his aweness for an hour was great. Um, but I think my, my favorite thing other than the Bruce Campbell game show was uh, meeting Tobin Bell. That was the first time I got to meet Tobin Bell. And you know how usually they rush you through a photo op line? I had said to him something about uh, every person I've watched movies with after I saw Saw. I, I made them watch Saw because it was just like, who you can't fucking get who the killer is. I'm sorry, you're not going to get it. And he held on to my arm and just tried to have a conversation with me. He held up the photo op line. He was so sweet. That's awesome. And the game show was awesome. And you saw Bruce Campbell, which is always awesome. And, oh, yeah. Um, so, so, it, so Atlanta, you know, is our, is our secondary horror home after Williamsburg, I believe. I really love going down there and seeing my peeps. I and, do. And Soska uh, my fifth met year. Nathan. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and Nathan was on crutches. And Sylvia mentioned that Nathan was on crutches because he hurt himself recently. And, for, and she was talking about healing. Well, she healed Nathan. Nathan could walk after they met. I saw that. So, yeah. So, isn't that awesome? I mean, like, she treats, my, <laughs> she treats our peeps so well. So, that's so great. Uh, so, she needs and, to work so on cleaning an eye for our fibro. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's all it needs. You just need to meet the Soskas again, and, and poof, it'll go away. I mean, Queenie has met the Soskas, but maybe she should meet them as herself and not as the Billy, and then it'll work. Because you were Billy. Yeah, last they time. saw me as Billy. <laughs> Well, they know they who I am. They your... No, they totally know who you are. I, I talked to them at their table at Monster Mania. They knew who you were. Oh. So and they totally knew who you are. So, and, um, you know, and we're honored once again. We're just so geeking out on that. Yeah. Um, so we don't have time. Erin uh, Kogan on the West Coast, thank you for calling in. I'm sorry that we didn't really get to the subject at hand, but I'm glad you called in anyways. Um, no and Tommy. Thank you for the support on the wrestling, though it sounds like we didn't need that much support because, you know, just give them a subject and they can go with the ball there. What they talked about with the wrestling was substantial, was important. They, 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 what they had to say was important, so I'm glad I yeah, got them. Well, I know yeah, it was. I, I, that's another reason why I love yeah. them. They're so candid and, and not afraid to express their opinions, and that's awesome, without offending. They don't cross lines, but they're very assertive, and they're and they let you know in a good in the right ways, and and they're positive ways. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I'm glad to hear candid talk, and it's really incredible. Um, so, and you know what? As shitty as 2017 has been, like like considering how the whole year started, uh, and it's continuing to be a clusterfuck on an international level. There has been a lot of good things that have gone down, and, and meeting the Soskas is definitely like like the number two, maybe one thing on my list this year. Uh, and then you know, go, going to film the film shoot and the FP and meeting Jason Trust and Sarah. I mean, there's really some great stuff. Mystery Science fucking Theater 3000 revival, everybody, right? 
right? Yep. Come on. Yes. Right. Yeah. That was Yes. I I mean that was good. Um I would Stranger Things too. It was just as good as season one. Matter of fact, I actually almost they almost like it doesn't even feel like they're two seasons. It's like a whole story together, you know. Uh I I love that. Um, you know, there was so much good this year that we just but you had to work Blood hard drive. to find it. <laughs> Blood drive. Blood drive was awesome. Blood Drive was awesome. One off and gone. Bye bye, Blood Drive. <laughs> yep. But it was one ha- amazing. Handmaid's Tale. Ooh, yes. Huh? Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, definitely. I didn't Handmaid's get to see Tale. any of that because I don't have Hulu. And it won the Emmy, which is incredible. Um, and uh, let's see. So there's, you know, we got that going on. Uh, I wanted to well, stand against evil. Which has been I've been talking about lately. I watched that, and that's pretty good. And they just had their second mm-hmm. season this year. Uh, if you like Evil Dead, you'll have no issues watching Stand Against Evil because it's it's the same kind of universe. Uh, Vikings starts next week. Uh, it's it's a little different. I, it's not as cartoonish, even though it is cartoonish. Yeah. If that makes any sense, but it's not as cartoonish as um, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Though I still want an Ashy Flashy puppet for Christmas. Oh, my God. Yeah, you see that thing I from agree. NECA? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, and, uh, Viking starts next week, ladies and gentlemen. Queenie, Viking starts yes. next week. Log us up. Thank you. Warrior Woman and is a couple about weeks to go after to that, war with uh, Ragnar's son. So I saw that Jonathan Reese Myers is going to be on there, too. Yeah, mm. it's going to be a great – this is last season, last season of Vikings, and it's going to be balls to the fucking wall because uh, now Ivar the Boneless, who was a real person in history, uh, was one of the scariest Vikings ever. He's in charge of England now. So we got England fighting the Vikings and, and brothers against brother and Lagatha in the middle because, you know, it, it's going to be – badass so i highly recommend watching the new season of vikings and if you have it queenie watch the beginning of vikings right <laughs> yes you need to I watch vikings you i know I do you watch do. i bought it for you, you i do. know okay good i know i think, I think it should be said i think it should be said in the in the progress of our podcast that um, it was announced about an hour ago that, that David Cassidy passed away. Yeah. <laughs> Not oh, to go back to yeah. sadness, but yeah. And it's a definite confirmation. It's not one of these fake bullshit hoaxes that oh, happened it's, the other it's day. confirmed all, yeah, it all is. across the board. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's good to know. Thanks for telling. So rest in peace, David Cassidy. Uh, you know, and that's kind of sad. It is sad, actually. Um, Well, it's been a rough year for celebrities. It's a rough year for families. I know a lot of people lost mothers, fathers, and brothers, and sisters. Mm -hmm. People are dropping like flies this year. And it wasn't necessarily celebrities. It was much more personal. Tommy knows that, too, especially when lost James Harris this year, Doc Terror. And I'm still reeling from that. The madness didn't feel quite the same. I kept looking at He's on the poster with permission of his wife. Because looking at the poster goes, now he's just a photo. It really upset me. You know, someone that was so living, there would be, like, just a photograph now. But, you know, but he would have been very proud of the madness this year. He would have loved as many that all the people were watching the video nasties again. We had two people complete the video nasty challenge. That was incredible. Ooh. In three weeks. Nice. In three weeks. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I, they came in. 
They came in second and third, and they were a half a point apart in score. It was Chris Kusta <laughs> and Karen um, Cola. Yeah, uh, incredible stuff. So the madness was great this year. So there was that stuff was good too. Um, trying to think of anything else we should mention before we go. Is there anything I'm missing? Well, of course, I have to remind people that I want to thank Tommy Clark uh, again because I not only did I do panels at Dances in Atlanta this year, I I moderated my first panel at Scares at Cares, 1987, 30 Years of Fears. Tommy Clark was on that panel, and it was really good and a big success. And I'm hoping I get to do something similar again this year. Uh, so I that was uh, was a highlight for me. It was doing scares at cares this year. Um, and so thank you, Tommy. You were great. And now I have to work on your. I heard rumor that you know no shit about Italian horror. So I have to like fix that. Oh God! I grew up in an Italian <laughs> town. I know everything about Italian horror. That <laughs> uh, doesn't count. But really, I'm seriously, your boys on the Necrocasticon, which I've been doing some subbing for, uh, were ragging on you last episode that you didn't yeah, know about Yeah, I heard, I heard. Oh, you heard, you heard? heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, All they got to do is have Nickelback do the soundtrack to an Italian horror movie, and we'll be good. We have to educate this mother. Oh, yeah. We've got to educate this mother, yeah, you know. Uh, even I'm a even Aaron Marie, who's I'll, I'll make a list. Italian horror, I found something for her. She figured I got her to eventually love it too. So there's something. In no, it I have a great appreciation for Italian. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to work on that. So, uh, and I want to also <laughs> say that music was really good this year when movies suffer a little bit. Cause the mainstream movies with a few exceptions have been okay. Uh, music yeah. always seems to do a little bit better. I would say it's one of the best year in straight up metal in a long time. Uh, you had, oh, Trinium, yeah. had their best, we had a great record. Uh, Black Dahlia Murders was probably my favorite album of the year. Um, you also had a new record from Guar, the first one after the passing of David Brockie. Uh, and uh, one, uh. It's a good cut, but there's one great cut on that record, El Presidente. I think I'm going to close out the night with it. Um, and, mm. um, and hip-hop actually was really good. Uh, yeah, Kendrick Lamar with uh, with Humble, which is a huge song of summer. <laughs> I, it kind of a brainworm. It got stuck in my head. I couldn't get it out. Um, Unforgettable by French Montana. Wanted to mention them too. And uh, and then the, my favorite pop song of the year was Feel It Still by Portugal the Man, which yeah. was just a fun little poppy tune. It's Queenie, was, and you were you had a song. Oh, I actually have, like, two bands that I really like, because I love female metal a lot, you know, female-fronted metal, and In This Moment had a new album out, and one of the songs on there, it's called Roots, it's fucking fantastic, it empowers you with her rage, it's so good, and Otep, Otep had an amazing album this year, too, Gods of War is my favorite song on her new album, fucking amazing. Excellent. And and Tommy, you were you got to see Ghost and Zombie on tour and you said Ghost had one of the best records of the year. Well yes. um, Meliora came out a couple of years ago, but they put out <coughs> Star late last year and Square Hammer, uh the song the, the single off of that didn't really start to pick up steam until this year. Um but between that and Ma- the new Mastodon, it was Show Yourself. Both of them, you know, just the, the, the quality hard rock that's out there today um, that came out this year is just phenomenal. As, as you were talking about earlier, 
Doom Side of the Moon, uh, the members of the Sword doing Dark Side of the Moon, Doom Metal style. That is definitely a pickup that you want to get for this year. So, of course, the new Metallica. So Everything this year is just fucking amazing. Yeah, music was very, very solid year for music. And we don't cover music very much on this show, but I do like to mention music on our Best Of episode because we all listen to music. Everyone has their headphones on nowadays. Everyone has a personal soundtrack to their lives. And so some of these should be incorporated in. Uh, matter of fact, I got to see the mockumentary tour with um, uh, Meta- with Okladokli's Metalachi and Max Sabbath this year. And Okladokli's are were a fun opener band. I, I would recommend why, uh, listening to their record. That was a lot of fun, too. And, you know, we'll talk about movies at the beginning of season four because we always do our countdown. And Tommy and Aaron Kogan will probably have one or both of you back for that. So thank you for calling today. And thank you for anybody else that's on the line with us. Um, Really appreciate it. We have to go now after having an amazing episode with the Soskas. Uh, we will be back. Our next episode is when, oh, hold on. I don't even remember the date. What is the date of the next episode? <laughs> uh, next episode will be Tuesday, December 16th. And usually we that will be our season finale of season three. And uh, usually we go out on Star Wars note. But this year we're going to change it up again because, Actually, hold on. That is not right. I'm looking at the wrong date. Ah, here we go. Scratch that. December 12th. December 12th. December 12th is is the next episode. So a few weeks from now. December 12th. And instead of Star Wars, we are doing The Room and the Disaster Artist is our subject. On the last episode (laughs) of Archivist. God help us all. Maybe we can have you on (laughs) Necrocasticon. Maybe we could have you a Necrocasticon for our Star Wars episode. Yeah, I, we love that. I, I have seen The Disaster Artist, so I actually can talk about it, and I'm holding off until that episode. So, uh, And I, of course, know the room and read the book, so all of that is good. Uh, so that come back December 12th, and you can listen to us talk about The Room and The Disaster Artist. I want to thank Aaron Kogan and Tommy O'Clock again for being my guest hosts, and Aaron always calling in. I want to thank all my callers. That called and talked to the Soskas. Thank you. I want to thank Queenie for being on the show as thank always, you. and thank you for your interview questions. You were, you, I knew you had some that were be out of the box. Thank you for that. Uh, I want Thanks Aaron Marie. Thank on. you for being on the show, as always. And um, I know you actually have seen the room, have you not, Aaron Marie? Oh yeah, that was the first, uh, oh, yeah. the first New Year's party I went to. Yes, right. Well, I, I did, did that. watch it, didn't I? Yeah, I did force people to watch it. And it was the right party. setting to watch it in. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. So, um, so excellent. And thank you, everyone who called in. And thank you again to Jen and Sylvia Soska, the Twisted Twins. They will, co- you know, they, they are so down to earth and wonderful, and they are the best interview that I've done on the show, and or we have done yeah. on the show, I should say, because we all did it. We really just got to give them so the far. Oh, my God, so far. And, you know, so this is the penultimate episode of Archivist Bets on the Sexy Witches. Thank you again. You can find us on Stitcher and iTunes, Apple TV. Uh, You can download this afterwards or stream it afterwards once the live air goes off. And once again, we'll be back on December 12th. And we're going to leave you tonight with Guar. Guar had their first record after – after Dave Brocky's death, and it's a pretty solid record. There's even an ACDC 
tune uh, tune cover on it. Rest in peace, Malcolm Young. Uh, and uh, it's it's a it's a gore record. It's everything you expect from one one great record, kind of sign of the times called El Presidente. Good night, everyone. Good film hunting and blessed be. Yeah.